It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 18th of October. One in the books. The Jazz get a win in Sacramento. We'll debut the new post-game day locked. What is that? Oh, I'll explain it in a second. We'll break down the numbers is what I'm trying to say. We'll look at how the Jazz won a few concerns and get you all wrapped up after night number one of the NBA season. It's coming up on Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky little numbers for you. All that here on Locked on Jazz. You can get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, as well as any of your smart speakers by telling to pay, play lo- podcast Locked on Jazz. All right. Very exciting news. I released it yesterday on the show. Uh, the Athletic Sam Amick, SI's Ben Golliver have joined the Locked On Podcast Network as weekly guests. Sam Amick is up on Locked On NBA right now. So, mammoth. Uh, very excited for that. Uh, next one for you. Some people have been asking um, how to get a hold of our various things for you. The Utah Jazz Radio Podcast will give you the Quinn Snyder Coaches Show before it's released. We'll give you a Jazz Game Rewind, which is kind of a six-minute capsule, six, seven-minute capsule of the game. And we'll give you the full entire radio broadcast if you want it. That's Utah Jazz Radio Podcast. All right. I, this show, if we recall, started like eight years ago with me just being, you know, kind of a just talking. I'm now trying to organize it. I don't know if that's going to ruin the whole vibe, but my idea is that on days after games, if we could just always run through some basic numbers, then we'll have an idea factually on what happened that night. And then from there, we can get into kind of the discussion about the game, our feelings, our emotions, and things like that. So that's the plan for segment one, and then segment two we'll do the emotions, and segment three, since it was opening night, we'll run through some of the some of the things. All right, so let's start with just what was this game. Pace of play was very fast. I think that's something that's going to be interesting for us to talk about. It was a 106 pace of play. League average last year was about 100. Both these teams were at 95. So we played 10 to 12% faster than both those teams played last year in the regular season. The Jazz offensive rating for the night was fabulous. A 116 offensive rating uh, for the Jazz last night. That's as high, you know, it's one of our better offensive nights of all of last year. And interestingly, it's kind of what we did to Sacramento the first time we played them last year. We had our sixth best offensive night um, of the year. So that was the Jazz just 
off, and we'll dig in why here in a second. Uh, defensively was not good. The defensive rating was a 111 last night, which would be one of the worst offensive nights uh, the Jazz had last year. Interestingly, again, in that opening game against Sacramento last year, uh, that's a little bit. The Jazz had a 128 offensive rating and a 115 uh, defensive rating. Uh that was, I think, without Rudy in around January 17th. He hadn't quite come back yet. But this is not unusual for whatever weird reason when playing Sacramento for the Jazz to have a little bit of a night like that. So then let's get into shot frequency and shot distribution. The Jazz shot distribution was unbelievable last night. They took 44% of their shots at the rim. Uh, we've been talking about the idea, and I've been researching the idea of of what you could do at the rim. And I kind of have set the number at 37%. So if you could shoot 37% of your shots and 43% of your shots as threes and you're at 80% of your shots being smart shots, that's almost ideal. Uh, There's only been one or two teams that's been at 40% at the rim. 44% 44% at the rim last night is just a, is a remarkable number. Couple that with the Jazz, the 30% of their shots were threes. So they were near 87, according to uh, Cleaning the Glass, which I think is a little stricter than some others, they were at 76% of their shots being... Um, it, you know, I guess smart shots is there. That's the phrase I was looking for. I, I had it at actually eighty percent um, last night when we left the arena. And using the NBA dot um, com numbers, I think it comes out to close to that. That's amazing. Uh, the Jazz are were seven and one last year in games in which they uh, did exactly when they did that. They when they have a, this good a shot distribution, they win games. Uh, and then the fact is that the Jazz shot seventy five percent at the rim last night, uh, which was was brilliant. They had an unusually good above-the-break shooting night. The Jazz hit 56.5% of their threes uh, above the break uh, and did not hit a corner three last night. Uh, the Jazz hit 50% of their threes last night, uh, 13 of 27 at least, and then there was one heave in there. So uh, you're probably – it's not a number that um, – you can uh, so the uh, clean the glass guys take the heave out, which is kind of cool. Uh, but you know when the J- the Jazz had an unbelievable uh, thank goodness because they weren't very good defensively above the break shooting night. Not something that you it likely replicate. It's in the ninety six percentile of of kind of all nights of shooting uh, for the Jazz last night. Thirteen of twenty three on above the break threes. Zero for three from the corner. So the Jazz didn't get their usual amount of corner threes, uh, and then. Uh, so that's that's the summation of last night. Fast game, offensive game, brilliant shot distribution by the Jazz. I think the shot distribution actually may have won them the game. Uh, Sacramento took uh, 52 shots that were classified by cleaning the glass as mid-range shots or all mid, so short mid, long mid, and we took 20. <clears throat> that's a... That's a pretty big differential uh, between the two. We just took smarter, better shots than they did. Um, Interesting note on this one in regards to pace of play. uh, According to Cleaning the Glass, Sacramento only ran 20% or excuse me, um, 
Oh, no, I take that back. I misunderstood that. They, they ran 83%, 84% of their plays in the half court last night. So as much as I'm talking about pace, there's something more was going on where it felt like they were just running down the jazz and getting onto the basket faster than you would anticipate. And I, I, I'm not entirely sure that that's actually true, um, which is interesting because the numbers aren't showing it. From a shooting standpoint last night, the jazz got 50 uncontested field goal looks, which is an unbelievable number. It's why they were so good offensively. Joe Ingles was 6 of 8, favors 3 of 3 at the basket. Um, These count Gobert at the basket. So uncontested um, looks. Jay Crowder was 2 of 4. A.B. was 3 of 6. Dante was 2 of 5. 50 looks. Um, The Sacramento got 50 uncontested looks as well. Uh, and they actually, the Jazz hit two more than they did. But this is, again, the Jazz were taking smarter shots. Uh, and that that made the biggest difference in that regard. So we'll look at that number, shot distribution, open looks, um, some game flow things. And then every now and then I'll have something unique I want to see. Um, and the unique one today is I wanted to just kind of see what we did in regards to uh, what, shots at the rim. So when Rudy Gobert was on the floor... We took 24 shots in the restricted area. We took, for the night, this is the NBA numbers, we took 34 shots in the restricted area out of our 79 shots. That, that is just amazing. We just pounded the basket last night. That's 43%. Clean the glass at 44. Uh, on our mid-range shots, we were 4 of 18. So we weren't good on those. It's probably good we didn't take them. And above the break, we were great, as I mentioned. Um, but last night, so we took 34 shots in restricted area. When Gobert was on the floor, we took 24 of them uh, for 39% of our shots. When Gobert was off the floor uh, and we were spread out or playing with Derek, we got 59% of our field goal attempts in the restricted area. That's amazing. So one of the major focuses of training camp has been the high pass. And here it was working. The one that was weird last night is that Sacramento and namely Willie Cauley-Stein was just so good that they scored in the restricted area on Gobert. They were 11 of 15 in the restricted area against Gobert last night, which you just don't usually see. They were 15 of 27 in the paint non-restricted area. They were 26 of 52 on mid-range shots. 26 of 52 um, on mid-range shots. So that's the summation. They took a terrible shot distribution, made an outrageously high amount, so our defense looks bad. Um, I don't think our defense was very good. We'll talk about it coming up in the next segment of what they, they did and caused some problems and how the game flow. But there you have it. That's kind of the goal is on the first segment. That wasn't as clean as I'd like it to be, but give you an idea. So we have an offensive night that was really fast-paced. We had brilliant shot selection. We pounded it inside. Um... And then if we get into game flow, what we'll get into is the fact that the uh, the Jazz bench absolutely changed the basketball game. Today's show is brought to you by Intercap Lending. My good friend Steve Carter over at Intercap Lending was probably about this time last year. We did our refi with them. It was a little later. And amazingly, we got it done during the season. And that, that's kind of the essence of what Intercap Lending is, is this amazing customer service, these relationships. And this is why they've grown so much. Since it, Josh Romney brought them back to Utah, or brought them to Utah 40 years in the business, one of the largest independent mortgage companies, 
And what they're able to do is have these fabulous relationships. Real estate agents are sending people to Intercap. Why? Because real estate agents get paid when deals get done. If you're working with an agent and they're not sending you to Intercap, ask why. Corporate discount for all of you. Mention Locked on Jazz when you talk to them and they'll give you a corporate discount. Steve Carter's your contact. 385-885-28. That's 385-885-28. That's, again, what they're doing with us is giving us that uh, corporate discount. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. You can download the app, get pre-qualified. We did so much of the work through the app. They're using technology to make it uh, better for you. Plus, the fact that Intercap Lending ha- is an independent, so they're hyper-responsive. They embrace change. They give you a better borrower experience. They're a direct issuer. They still have our loan that we did with them over a year ago. It's kind of unheard of, but that improves your customer experience. No overlays, no additional requirements. Direct lender makes it a much easier process if you have multiple properties, self-employed, multiple business assets, and so you get a little complicated, they can help you out. If you have low credit, they can do it as well. It's all at Intercap Lending. Give Steve Carter a call, 385-800-8528. That's 385-800-8528. The NBA's opened up the gambling world a little bit. Like last night, we were an 8.5 point favorite, and we didn't follow, and it's all changing. So if you're interested in playing and getting going my bookie is there for you you win they pay they have in-game live betting over unders and fantasy points scored and the most rewarding player perks in the business my bookie is slammed with new better and wants to give everyone the best service possible if you're willing to deposit after seven o'clock eastern time it's all right for us they'll give you an additional 25 dollars free play on deposits over 100 join now my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar promo code is locked on 25 that's locked on 25 that's my bookie m y b o o k i e and the promo code locked on 25 when creating your claim uh your up to $1000 in free play if you're willing to hold out till after 7 you get an extra $25 free play by using the promo code locked on 25 you win you play or you play then you win and then you get paid my bookie all right so now let's walk through the night the bench saved the day. The Jazz starters were just brutal last night. Uh, they were down 18 to four. They got outrun in the third, nine to nothing. Um, little bit, little disturbing uh, to see that type of game flow from the starters last night, and not what you probably anticipated. Uh, there are two things that. Sacramento does really, really well last year. One was the De'Aaron Fox, Willie Colley's nine pick and roll. We talked about on the show yesterday. And the other one was or is the uh, Buddy Heald catch and shoot. The Jazz did a pretty nice job of taking away the Buddy Heald catch and shoot, but they really struggled last night dealing with the pick and roll game of Sacramento and and. And then the speed of guys coming downhill on him. I, I was frankly pretty impressed with how Sacramento played and do think that there's, you know, I don't want to diminish Sacramento too much, but I do think that there's a chance that that's, you know, as good as Sacramento could look, may look all season long. Um, but they killed us. De'Aaron Fox ran 36 pick and rolls and was over a point of possession on those pick and rolls. And that's a little... You know, they hit a lot of mid-range shots, but that's a little discouraging. They were able to, you're going, you're playing it, and you're dropping the big, and they got down on the Jazz and were able to make some plays. And Kali Stein came to play against Rudy. So uh, a tip of the hat, a little bit to them, a little disconcerting. I thought the problems that 
the Jazz had was speed, and then some interesting moves by Jaeger by playing Yogi Ferrell and De'Aaron Fox together. Then you forced Joe Ingles, who's a pretty good defense player, to play Buddy Heald, but Heald was able to kind of get through and get some mid-range looks and get um, and make some nice plays against Joe Ingles, and I thought they were shooting at that matchup a little bit more than we've seen people do against Joe before. So by playing the two small guards, now putting a quicker guy that Ingles has to deal with, Joe's probably better if it's a bigger, stronger guy and he can play that physical game. That's that's what he feels good about. And then Rubio had a hard time with the speed and quickness. Uh, Quinn made a bunch of interesting substitutions. He went to Exum, which slowed down Fox a little bit. He brought in Royce O'Neal to slow down. Healed at one point. So Quinn was matching, and I thought that was the story line from the Jazz is, you know what? You win that game because you're a good team last night. The depth that you have on the roster is how was how you won that game last night. You have enough different options, enough different types of players, um, enough different uh, tempos that you can play at. Dante was terrific last night, coming off the bench, changing the game. He finished plus 21. A.B. really turned the game the very, at the very beginning um, when he came off the bench for the very at the very be- first part uh, when the Jazz were struggling. He hits the pull-up three, takes it aggressively. A.B. three of three from three last night, um, and but also a willingness to take him. He had this like brief moment where he took a no-pass possession mid-range jumper three that was like this reversion back to the old A.B., and then he kind of came back to doing... Uh, what he could, but you know, I, I don't. I think that's. Just, I don't want to overplay. Like a win in Sacramento, I got it. You got to win those games, and Sacramento's not good. They're going to win eighteen games this year or something. But I, I would point out just two quick things about the NBA that I don't think a lot of people quite grasp. One is, let's like take Donovan Mitchell for example. Probably Darren Fox for example. Um, Donovan Mitchell was a baseball player who becomes a basketball player. I don't know what Fox was, but every kid growing up right now wants to be a basketball player. It's the post-Michael Jordan, post-LeBron era, and these kids are growing up, and these are the stars, right? The biggest star in the world was Michael Jordan. Now the biggest star in the world is LeBron, and they want to grow up and be like LeBron. They want to be like Michael, and they want to be like Kobe. These are the guys that these kids grew up wanting to be, and so the best athletes in the world are all playing the NBA, Couple that with the incredible international expansion the game has had and couple that with the lack of expansion that the game has had. We haven't added a new team in ages. And the game is a million times, the talent level in the NBA is so much deeper than it's ever been. I know that there's a bunch of old guy blowhards that are sitting on national television talking about the game sucks now. It's because they're jealous and they need to stick a pipe in it. It's not accurate at all. Look at that Phoenix-Dallas game last night. There is just loads of talent. And frankly, look at Sacramento. They're not going to win games. But De'Aaron Fox is a fifth pick. Buddy Heald's like a seventh pick. Willie Cauley-Steins is like an eighth pick. Bielitz is a heck of a European talent. Bagley's a second pick. Giles was the number one high school player in the country. Frank Mason was the college player of the year. I mean, that's not a good NBA team, but that's a huge amount of talent. And so the theme of this league this year is, is going to be that until a team like Sacramento gets beaten down or a team like Chicago gets beaten down or a team like Atlanta gets beaten down and they just are kind of used to losing and worn out, these guys have enough talent to get you. And so last night you got Sacramento 
on probably as good a night as they're going to have all year. Fresh, home opener, energetic, having just played the Jazz. They clearly learned from doing that. And coming at Utah, the league is so great right now. I mean, so great. It's stunning. Uh, Phoenix and Dallas is supposed to be a not very good game last night. It has like Phoenix is not supposed to be good. They have Devin Booker and and DeAndre Ayton who are both great, and then Ryan Anderson, Trevor Ariza are two of their starters who are absolutely serviceable. Josh Jackson's a top three pick. T.J. Warren's a top ten pick. Tyson Chandler is a veteran who's a third pick. I mean, that's a really good team, and. They're probably going to finish 13th or lower in the Western Conference. You just don't get – there's no such thing as a walkthrough night, and we saw that last night because Sacramento's had De- – De'Aaron Fox was a problem last night. Willie Cauley-Stein was a problem. Now, Willie Cauley-Stein, if consistent to his career, will go put up seven points and four rebounds coming up next week, and that's the problem. But this is also the new world that Rudy Gobert has. Because Willie Cauley-Stein came to prove his point against the defensive player of the year. So everyone in the league is ready to go to go get Rudy. And we're going to see that. Now, let's go to this part of the Jazz game. They were, Quinn Snyder has put a huge emphasis on the high pass and getting the ball into Gobert and into favors at the rim and playing in the restricted area. We talked about it in the numbers section. 44% of their shots were at the rim. Favors 7 of 8. Gobert 7 of 9. 14 of 17 from the field. 26 rebounds between the two of them. 37 points. They drew 7 fouls around the basket last night. I don't know if it was just them. but So they went 24 of 32 in the restricted area as a team and drew 7 fouls. And those two guys were beasts. This is how you get away with playing two bigs. That, I mean, that's the answer. It's not ideal. There were some problems last night, I think, if we were to pull up some of the advanced metrics and look at some of our defensive numbers and who was on the floor together and Favors and Gobert together were probably not good last night. Favors' defensive rating was great last night. Favors' defensive rating was a 98. Rudy's was a 114. Kind of a weird night. But the Jazz bench was very much the key to the game uh, for the Jazz with Alec, Dante, Royce O'Neal even um, in those minutes. Uh, But yeah, last night the two bigs did not work together, but you were able to play through that and... When they were and when the Jazz were able to um, kind of spread the floor and get the ball on top of the rim, they now have 48 minutes of Favors or Gobert attacking the basket. It's pretty pretty interesting. And Rudy's 19 and 15 last night. Sacramento was last in the league in half court defense last year, so let's see what happens when they play a good defensive team. But I'm not sure that Rudy's 19 and 15 is outlandish. And if you looked around the league last night, Biggs had good nights. Uh, across the board. Dante Exum, Alec Burks, game changers for the Jazz. We'll talk about that uh, and how the Jazz are using that when we continue. Today's show is also brought to you by Mazuma USA. If you are a small business owner and you are not using Mazuma, you are costing yourself clarity, money, and worst of all, time. Because for $75 a month to start, you get all your bookkeeping and tax reports taken care of. Here's how it works. You call Mazuma at 801-980-2102. Get a free consultation. Go to MazumaUSA.com. Use the promo code LOCKED. And they set you up with your own CPA, your own bookkeeper. It doesn't change. Those are your two people. They're hooked in with you. Then 
They hook in with you. They get the reports. They get your data. They immediately give you your first set of reports. Every quarter, they give you a tax reminder and a call. And every month, you get your reports. At the end of the year, all your taxes are taken care of, all put in order. No contract, canceled anytime, no hidden fees. Small business owner, one to five employees, and you're not using Mazuma, I really think you're making a mistake. So take a second and look at it. 801-980-2102. That's 801-980-2102. MazumaUSA.com. Promo code LOCKED. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on, the name of this network right now, and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on, theragun.com slash locked on. Alec Burks, Dante Exum were the story of last night, and then we'll run around the NBA. Dante played with that speed, that tenacity. He got on the rim. He was driving baseline, uh, creating opportunities for the Jazz. He took three threes, hit one of them. If he gets one of three threes, if he hits 33% from three, that is great. He was 29% last year. Uh, but he is getting to where he wants to go. And the changeup on the backside of Rubio was terrific. Rubio had a really tough night last night. And if you know that you can have Dante playing off that. Now, again, not a good defensive team last year. Not high level. Fox is pretty high level, long, similar to Dante. Um, plays defense a little too straight. And standing up. And so there'll be, you know, somebody's going to get into Dante and some of his weaknesses with his handle might show up. But what you saw last night from Dante, 
is pretty encouraging. He the, the speed is a force. He looks more comfortable with his shot. He had four assists last night and only one turnover. He can rebound and go a little bit, but most of all, he changed the game defensively. There's two areas of concern that I have about the Jazz after watching last night. One I've had kind of all season, all year. The pace thing that's going on in the NBA to me is crazy, but there's a chance this is what we're – I mean, last night the pace of play was up 10% from the last year's regular season, not quite entirely, but maybe, you know, 7 or 8%. Like, I'm a little worried that that's going to hurt our, us defensively, that there's enough early possessions that we're not able to set our defense and be as dominant. Now, um, there's not a correlation between fast pace of play and good offense, but that's, you know, there's no question that our defense is best when set, when Gobert can have the impact, and when you force someone into a half-court possession – and so I'm a little concerned of whether or not the way the game is being played, we're not going to be able to do that. Um, last night, according to Cleaning the Glass, that Sacramento played 83% of their possessions in the half court, which was surprising, which was surprising to me. Um, it felt like they were much more in transition. They had a very good transition night against us. So our transition defense is going to have to improve the jazz. And maybe that's the bigger issue. It's not the half court defense last night. Um, but certainly our half court defense wasn't great. Our defensive rebounding was great and we didn't allow them to get extra opportunities and that covered up some of it. But so that's a little bit of a concern is that pace. The second is just quickness. You know, really when we're starting Ricky Rubio, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, that's not particularly quick. Donovan's a good athlete, but particularly Joe and Ricky are not particularly quick and even favors and Gobert and Jay Crowder. We're not quick. Um, I don't even think a Royce O'Neal is quick. Dante Exum and Alec Burks are our quickness. And I thought last night that that changed the game, that we could match the speed, not necessarily the pace, but just the speed by which Sacramento was playing. And if and that may give A.B. and Dante a very, very uh, important role on this team is their ability to do that. Um, Dante... Dante showed a lot of versatility in being able to just kind of at times, you know, and again, this is the thing. Both Dante and A.B. regressed. There was a few possessions where Dante was over dribbling and not getting in the sets, and there A.B. had it. But then, for the most part, pretty strong night. And I thought what I saw in both A.B. and Dante is they regressed when they got tired, and because Rubio had a tough night, they both had to extend their timeout. Uh, Joe Ingles was pretty marvelous last night. I don't want to go any further without talking about him. 22 points, two off his career high, 9 of 12 shooting. When the Jazz were struggling early, he went and hit the shots. They went under on some picks on him, which was stunning. He went 4 of 6 and 3, and I thought Andy Larson in the Salt Lake Tribune had a really interesting piece about just the, the versatility of the way he's scoring. He had a 15-foot floater. He had an inside floater he came off the pick and roll his pick and roll game last night was just purely brilliant um I looked at the numbers early I don't have them up right now I don't think um oh I do 1.3 points per pick and roll last night on 27 pick and rolls uh for Joe Ingles Uh, I mean he was his craftiness and how he plays the game is just marvelous and he was you know without him last night obviously they don't they don't pull that one off six assists four steals he did have five turnovers um, I'm just not concerned on turnovers. You guys know that. I mean, it'll lose you a game every now and then, but 15% turnover rate 
when when your offensive rating is 116 as the Jazz was last night, you just don't worry about the turnovers. And the fact is you probably made, two, you know, for the 17 turnovers, you probably made 18 plays that got you buckets you wouldn't have made otherwise if you were so worried about turnovers. So the unintended consequence you can have of trying to take away your turnovers to me is a bigger issue than actually committing turnovers. But um, I might be on an island on that. My data does not say I'm on an island on that, but that's just uh, my overall feel uh, on that one. So great, great night uh, for Joe. Warriors on Friday. We'll break it down for you tomorrow. I wanted to quickly run through a few things around the NBA before we wrap this one up, just other games uh, that took place. Uh, in the Bucks charlotte game, the Milwaukee Bucks took three shots in that were non-paint twos. Three shots the whole game, non-paint twos. Mike Budenholzer having an impact there. Indiana and Memphis. Uh, Indiana's probably not a high focus for us, but I did think they made two really good moves in the offseason of McDermott and Tyreek Evans. And then I thought it was interesting that Sabonis played more minutes than Miles Turner as they split that center position. Sabonis is right up Nate McMillan's alley, much more than Miles Turner, and had 14 points and 15 rebounds. So I think that'll be uh, interesting to see. Mo Bamba in the Miami-Orlando game jumps out a little bit uh, on what he did. Dwayne Casey and the Detroit-Brooklyn game, uh, which I'm hearing wasn't pretty, but Brooklyn took four shots in the uh, non-paint twos. All of them were touching on the lane. They didn't take a single long two. Uh, and frankly, Detroit didn't take many either. Uh, big men nights, 24 points and 20 rebounds from Andre Drummond. Uh, Allen, for uh, who's really good. If you don't know Jared Allen yet, he's really good for Brooklyn. Second-year player out of Texas was the 22nd pick. 17 points and 10 rebounds. You start running through the box scores last night. There were a lot of big men nights that were really good. And I think that's the big men rolling uh, to the basket. Uh, and the freedom of movement possibly taking place. Kawhi Leonard had 24 and 12, and Kyle Lowry had 27 and 8, and that team's great. They thumped Cleveland um, last night. The big story was New Orleans putting it on Houston. Houston's defensive rating last night was a 127. Carmelo was minus 20 in 27 minutes. Um, and we'll see. I, I like New Orleans all year and have been very low. I had. Houston is the third seed. New Orleans is the fourth seed, and them closer than people think. And Julius Randle was brilliant last night with 25, and Miritich had 30, and Anthony Davis had 32, and um, I mean that was just a that was a thumping last night uh, by New Orleans, and an eye-opening thumping on opening night. And then San Antonio just finds a way. They beat Minnesota. Carl Anthony Towns a non-factor in this game. Had six shots. He had three of them at halftime. He had eight points on the night. Um, Jimmy Butler came back and had 23 shot attempts for 23 points, and Andrew Wiggins had 18 shot attempts for 20 points. And so the efficiency of San Antonio actually wins this one. Big offensive night for both teams, 117 offensive rating for San Antonio. DeMar DeRozan had 28. LaMarcus had 21. They don't seem to have enough guys in San Antonio, except for they just found a way um, to win it, and they had, I think, six different guys with two assists or more. All right, that was just a quick rundown of what's going Oh, and I thought the other game was interesting um, because I kind of like the Clippers. Um, they lose it 107-98. That's a really good win by Denver to start the year on the road. Really good win. Road wins on the opening night of the year are a big deal. Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who I love, had 11 points, two rebounds, and four assists. Um, Patrick Beverly was terrible, and Gilgis-Alexander played more minutes. It will be curious to see how long until that happens. It will also be curious to see how long until Montrose Harrell is playing more than Marcin Gortat. When the Clippers finally played a lineup of Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 
um, Danilo Gallinari, Tobias Harris, Montrell's Harrell, and then Lou Williams, um, that'll be their best team. And I don't know when Doc will get to that lineup. There's probably some dynamics to get there. Uh, Paul Millsap, who I wonder if he's going to age this year, was plus 20 with 16 rebounds, though he did go one for seven. All right, that wraps us up. Hope you had a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. This is Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Go get Locked On NBA with Sam Amick. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.